Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You should know where you are and you should know who you're listening to. This is Tyler Sheff, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Mike, say hello to the fine folks at home. Here's the other guy, Mike Marino, in my new recording studio that's uh, under construction. But I like it. Can we get you a name badge that says the other guy? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. Uh, Yeah, we should walk around with that. That might be a good idea. See, there you go. What if I wore that in around Key West, though? I might get some weird looks. You, everybody gets weird looks in Key West. That's what we do. Well, I'm saying, like, if I walk next to you and then Jill's with us too, and I got a name tag that says the other guy. Well, you know, that, that would probably that would probably bring applause, and, and girls would wink at Chill. Going, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you got yourself a pretty one, and you got that tall guy. <laughs> uh, guys for those listening at home that have not met me in person when it comes to mike and i i am not the tall guy <laughs> he is the tall guy uh, matter of fact i was just breaking his balls over he bought he's buying a, car, a new car and uh you know once a typical marino figured out a way to get a free car well we're actually going to do an episode about that coming up in the future i'm not going to spoil it now but you know, I had to ask him the first time, like, this car is a little smaller than your usual daily driver. I think uh, are you going to fit in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I've always been a fan of small cars. I don't know. Well, I mean, you, you were over in Europe when you were in yeah. the Army. I mean, yep. everything's miniature over there, isn't it? Well, I drove a Mercedes 500 series. In, oh, in, geez. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I like my big bitch cars, you know. Like, right? <laughs> I just got rid of my Jeep for those listening and uh, traded it in. And I've got a Ford F-250, three-quarter ton pickup truck. I've named her Big Sexy. I used to have one before, a big black one. Uh, not the big black 250s don't matter, but I really wanted a white one. <laughs> so now I got a, a, a big white one, 20-inch wheels, looking good. I did not spend the $115,000 that other folks pay for these big trucks. I bought mine uh, used. It's new to me. It's used to everybody else. And I'm rebuilding it from the ground up to make it perfect, make it mine. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited to see that thing. Yeah, it'll be pulling into your yard here in a couple months when I ever get myself out west. It will, and I can park my new car in your bed, probably. You could park your new car under my bed. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of interesting to watch me get in the thing. I'm glad it's got big running boards. Do you have to step into it? I have to pull myself into it. Yeah, it's a it's four wheel drive, three quarter ton F two fifty with twenty inch wheels. So it's not lifted outside of the factory, but it, she's a big one. Oh man, you're gonna love taking that out west. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't miss the Jeep. Uh, I did not fit in the Jeep. Frankly, you didn't fit in the Jeep either, guys. I took Mike to Miami Airport from Key West one day uh, because the f- weather came in and he couldn't fly back to work out of Key West because you know at the Key West. Last flight out is a serious thing. Yeah, so we that. right. So we decided to drive him up to Miami and then uh, drop him off. So then Jill and I could go to Costco while we're up there. Well, watching you get the front seat of the Jeep, Mike, was awesome. <laughs> 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 you are six five. I'm six four. Uh, six, yeah, six four. three. Sometimes six three. But then you're in pilot outfit, so you got heels on. So <laughs> well, then the whole ego adds three inches. You know. That's right. And you, put, you put the hat on. Now you're seven foot tall. And then we always look up to you guys anyway. So you just seem infinite. Oh, man. Jeeps are fun off road. But for some reason, you take them on the highway. They're not nearly as comfortable. You know, when I first got it, I was in love with the thrill of it. It's cool in Key West with the doors off, no doubt. Mm. 
But now that I live in Key West full time, but I do spend a lot of my time between Tarpon Springs and Cedar Key, I that turned into a vehicle we took on the interstate a lot. And I'm at the age now, I'm 53, rolling down the highway in a Jeep for eight and a half hours from Key West gets oh, old quick. Ouch, yeah. And you know, I usually will fly uh, back and forth from Key West because I can usually I can fly back and forth between Camp Tampa and Key West cheaper than I can drive. Uh, Legion Airlines is $39, $49 one way. Can't argue that. The problem is the flights always get canceled. So I get all excited to go hog hunting and I go to the airport and, uh, you know, like cancel the flight because the wind's not blowing the right direction. What's up with you pilots? (laughs) (laughs) See, it's not your airline. It's all airlines. You can thank the federal government for those uh, cheap tickets to Key West, by the way. Man. Have you heard of the Essential Air Service? I have, but I bet the folks at home probably haven't, at least not all of them. So I think it would be important to talk about that real quick. Yeah. So I think 1978, anyway, there's an airline deregulation law that states uh, in certain small towns, Key West, I think, is on the list, too. The government actually subsidizes flights in and out. So even though it doesn't make financial sense to fly in and out of Key West or you know Sioux Falls, South Dakota, whatnot, the federal government actually subsidizes the airlines to fly in and out and provide that essential air service. So thanks for your tax dollars. So Tyler can fly to Key West for cheap. That's right. I also heard that they do that with Amtrak. Yeah. A version of that. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. They service areas where there's like one guy that rides the train and go get a cup of coffee or something for a buck. Like, like my not North Dakota. Right. Jeez. My, oh my. So what are we talking about this week, Mike? Oh, well, you know, I told you this little story about uh, me in Vegas. We, I'm setting up some some pilot uh, living facilities in uh, in between flights. So pilots, most people don't know. I live in Colorado. I'm based in Vegas. And yep. Since I don't live in Vegas, in between flights, I need to find a hotel, which gets expensive. So I right now am assigning leases, setting it up so I can get the airline pilots to stay at my facility in between flights. It saves them money, whatnot. So, All right. I got, hold on. I got to throw in a dad joke there. Does that mean, Mike, that you're rolling the dice? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> God, that was terrible. That was, yeah. I'm trying to think of a good comeback, but that's... There isn't one. That joke's <laughs> so bad. It's not even worthy of your time investment for a comeback. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so anyway, so I was going to one of these, it's like a hundred door property, right? Same right. what they got. Converted hotel. There's a lot of those now in, in Vegas. And I went in, I want to see the lease. What's it all about? Because they're offering free month rent, all these incentives. You have to spend $350 for the application deposit in order to see the lease. I'm like, to say what? Uh, that's what I said. Like, I need to pay you money to see what I'm about to sign. See the contract to review the contract that you want me to sign. I have to pay you first. Isn't it? Yeah. So I, as you can imagine, I'm sure all the listeners listening, they probably s- stepped back to and said, oh, bye-bye. I'm going to walk out. Yes. And I, initially I did. Um, but then... I looked at the numbers. I said, okay, I got free months rent. I get this incentive, this incentive. It's right on a bus line. Pilots are cheap, by the way. If they could take a free bus to work, they'll do it. <laughs> Even if they got to wait 40 minutes for the damn bus. Right. Uh, so everything looks good on paper, except for the uh, for the 350. So anyway, I went online, found out the 350. Uh, it was considered application deposit. Oh, okay. Well, you, you know, you know, well, Tyler too, we read every freaking thing we sign. Before Absolutely. we sign it, obviously. 
And so I was reading it and it says, oh, you get your 350 deposit applied to your security deposit once you sign the lease. Well, I'm like, if that's the case, then it's no risk because everything else looks good. I want to move in. So I spent the 350 to take a look at the lease. See, that's where you and I differ. And I think that's an important point to mention. A lot of times think people think that partners need to think alike in order to be successful. And what, <laughs> what I love about us is that we are in many ways, extremely the opposite of each other. Oh my God, we are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's good because it provides balance. You will take risks that I won't take like that. Like for, I won't risk 350. I'll just become a little bitch and go, I'm not doing, no, I'm not giving you 350. What are you lost your freaking mind? And I'll walk out. You, on the other hand, will look at it differently, decide to do it. And nine times out of 10, it works out. So I kind of want to stop there and unpack that a little bit because I think that's an important thing. I am less like, I am more risk adverse than you are. Perfect example. I will ride the ski lift up and down the mountain. You will consider riding the ski lift up there, but if you can talk someone into flying you up there in a helicopter at 70 knots, you'll take that as a, as a preferred option. And then you will snowboard down the island or down the mountain with one eye closed. <laughs> and people like me sit on YouTube and watch people like you <laughs> oh, man. have fun, which is awesome. And I admire that about you. So you being friends and business partners with you helps hold me accountable to be willing to do more. So I appreciate that about you. And then I know you appreciate the fact that sometimes I keep you out of trouble. <laughs> That's why I talk to you five times a week. Yeah. <laughs> like Janelle, his wife to be told him that she doesn't think he should get a motorcycle and a, and a dirt bike. We were just talking about this before we started recording. And he says, what do you think? And I said, I agree <laughs> because <laughs> with her. Yes. Because I think you're going to fall down and go boom, because you're not a young man anymore. And when you do, you won't be able to fly the friendly skies right now. The fun, the investors and I enjoy the fact that we get to fly Mike to Tarpon Springs as much as we want to attend hearings and talk to attorneys and talk to builders, talk to contractors without our investors or Tyler paying one red cent or Mike for that matter. So in most syndications, when the syndicators or the managers travel, that's billed back to the syndicate, mm -hmm. which is just how business is normally done with us. We don't have to do that. Uh, the, we choose to do business in the state of Florida. I bear the my own expense, which is minimal to travel from Key West to here. As I just said, 39 bucks if I fly, probably 200 with our new gas bill uh, if I drive. And then Mike flies here for free. And then when we're in Tarpon, we stay at, at one of my rentals. Uh, and we don't bill anybody for that. So that's a huge benefit. But uh, I do love the fact that you're willing to to jump into that. But And then the, here's the, the best part. you Because you did that, you discovered new opportunity. Yeah. And I'll preface like my first instinct was to jump back and say, hell no, you're not taking my money to take a look at the lease. Right. But like I said, I the more I looked into it, I'm like, there's a lot of pros to this. And if if it's a deposit, I want it anyway. So that will work out. The first thing I would think about is how wrong do I feel? And I'm not by any means saying my, my method of thinking is correct because I'm going to, you're going to see if you listen that it's not in this case, especially I would think, what about the 350? I'm going to lose that. How dare they charge me 350 to see the lease? I'm going to get cranky. Like I said, and I'm going to walk away. And then the opportunity is over with. I'm never going to ever know if there's an opportunity because I wasn't willing 
to succumb to that rule. It's not the fact that I really give two hoots about the 350. It's principle, or at least what I interpret to be principle, which looking at it logically as we talk about it isn't very logical in this case, because then I would miss out on an opportunity, potentially. Yeah. And the reason why I, I signed it was because I read the fine print. Right. And, and I learned this too, right? So I read everything on it and it said, okay, you know, you get your money applied to the security deposit and everything. And then I went to the front desk people and, you know, I pointed this out. Oh, I'm signing because I see it's a deposit and everything. They didn't read the lease. They didn't read the contract. <laughs> of course they and, didn't. In fact, you know, bless her heart. She's probably only making $12 an hour at the front desk. Right. But, but she said, oh, I can't understand the legalese. And that, wow. that made me think for a second. Like, I'm not an attorney. I have yeah. no legal background at all. But we, you and I read fine print contracts, legal contracts a lot. Yes. So I guess after a while, you, you start to pick up on things, even though, I, like I said, I'm not an attorney. But you but you kind of be able to see between the lines of what these words really mean just by reading it over and over. Um, and I thought that was that was pretty interesting. So we keep talking about reading the fine print, but literally, even if you don't understand it the first time, the more the more you read it, you almost be, become literate in it. And with that, that's where I saw the opportunity in the perceived risk. Right. You know, for me, I think a lot of it comes down to there's so much templated material out in today's society. Yeah, I have a video out on our YouTube channel talking about subject two. I think I have a couple of them out there. I interviewed Jonathan Rexford a long time ago, and then I did a, a little subject two crash course uh, with Jonathan. I believe Jonathan helped me with that course. Anyway, I put together a little freebie giveaway. But the thing is, to this day, I get 10, 15 requests a week. Everybody wants to see my subject to agreement with the sellers, my contract. They're not willing to sit down and create their own or more the better way of doing it is to sit down with a lawyer like I did uh, to prepare these documents for me. I sat down with Sean Yesner. He understands my business model and knowing my business model and how I operate, he wrote a contract that would be mutually beneficial to both me as the buyer and whoever the seller may be. He also wrote the agreement such that it would be easy for him or easier for him to defend should there be an issue? To me, that's logical. So if he said, well, he made it easy on himself, right? The easier it is on the attorney to defend your document, the cheaper it is to pay him to defend the document. Oh, yeah. If he makes it, if it's so complex or convoluted that it's cryptic, well, you're going to spend twice as much paying an attorney to sort that out. This has been my experience in the past. Um, I was raised by a mom that has a master's degree in English and tends to, she's highly educated, tends to be very precise in things and very complex. She's a deep thinker. What that means, though, is that when she writes contract language back when she was a full-time realtor, to me, it was very confusing how she was writing it. And then when I write contract, contract language, which I don't do too much, but uh, I do add clauses and things like that into real estate contracts and leases, I dumb it down, fourth grade level. Mm. Michael, the tenant, agrees to pay Tyler a gajillion dollars if his dog ever pees in the carpet. The end. Very simple. Doesn't get into you know this Latin and whatnot. And I think that's, that's a big difference right there. Yeah, I, that probably turns a lot of people off. They don't want to read it because it looks almost Latin. 
But That's right. uh, there are some real key points in there. So in the end, what looked like 350 just thrown to the wind to see a lease, which sounds stupid, I right. was trying to solve a problem. And this particular place solved that problem. And so I kind of dug deeper into it and like, okay, this is worth, especially if it's a deposit. Perfect. So now a lot of people like, like yourself would jump back, probably never go to the place ever again. Right. And then look at me or somebody else and say, damn it, did I miss an opportunity? I thought it was a scam to lose $350. I, I've done that in the past. I don't know if you've done that in the past, Tyler, too. You'll, like you just hear one thing and like, no deal. Bye-bye. That's it. Right. <laughs> I just had that happen with a client of mine that uh, is a friend and her boyfriend didn't want her to buy a property. That's a long story. So he made everything into a big deal. He said it would cost $30,000 to replace some drain piping, which would really cost about 600 and electrical repairs would be $35,000, which is ludicrous. You could build a house for that. Um, it just got way out of control. As far as the what the attended rehab budget was, realistically, 20, 30 grand would dial this little duplex in like sweet as, as pie. And this bad boy would have put about $2,200 a month net, net, net in her pocket. Now, she used the unquoted repair bills as a fear tactic. Or a, a, she took it and interpreted it into fear, backed out of the deal. That deal just cost her in the about five years from now, a couple hundred grand a year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and this happens a lot. So Mike, let's shift over to, we've identified that the problem is, is that sometimes people like me will pull back from opportunities because of the perceived risk. Mm. In your case, it was the deposit, right? I perceive that I'm going to get screwed and I'm not comfortable. Who the heck are you to charge that? Right. I get, I get butt hurt because I don't think that's fair. Let's talk through, okay, oops, I blew it. I did. I walked away. Mike proceeded. Now he's got himself a cash-flowing asset, which is really the master lease is the cash-flowing asset that he paid $350 to see. You then sat down with them and, and made some structural changes that passed your attorney's review, and then you put a deal together. So now we're at the guy like me, Tyler backed away. How do I go undo my boo-boo? What's the next step? Yeah. Well, I think the, the first step is to realize, okay, I'm the numbers guy. So I just look at the, the pros and cons, the numbers of it. Is it worth it? But, you know, everybody in, in who's listening has had an opportunity past them. Everybody. Yes. Well, you know, there's always tomorrow. That's true. In, um, in particular, this one. So it was a hundred unit property, large property managers, have employees at the desk, right? That's and those right. employees, they're not paid very much. They have no emotional attachment to me signing a lease or not. They're not going to like lose sleep because they lost on a commission or anything. No. So if you go back next week and say, hey, uh, I'm Mike, you remember me? Yeah, I changed my mind. I want to re-sign it because I've done the numbers. I think this will work. They don't care. There's no hard feelings because they're so disconnected from it. Now, if it's a small mom and pop, maybe the owner is also the operator. It might be a little different because now you have emotions involved too. You're the king of deciphering emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you want, I, I, every time I'm, I'm wondering somebody else is thinking, except Janelle, I call Janelle. I call Tyler. <laughs> That's right. I can't help you with Janelle. I have no idea what my wife is ever thinking ever. <laughs> <You don't. laughs> I give up. 
I don't even try. Um, for me, part of the is it part of it is fear of failure, and more importantly, looking stupid. If I look at that and go, I'm going to get screwed out of three fifty, and then I have to go home and tell Jill I just blew three hundred fifty dollars and we didn't get steak and lobster. Um, there's a level of embarrassment with that. For me, I tend to hold myself with the bar high. I hold myself accountable. I routinely invest not only my own money, but other people's money. And I'm very adverse to making mistakes with other people's money, especially with me. Well, I can suck it up and sell another house or do another deal or whatever and recover. But that's not the case for the people that have trusted me and you to, with their hard-earned dollars. So I take each decision that I do when it involves the fund, like you do very, very seriously. One thing I notice is that you are far more risk adverse when it comes to the fund than I appreciate that. Um, you're not careless. And guys listening at home, I don't want you to think that I think Mike is careless because he made a decision to throw caution to the wind on 350 bucks. And in fact, quite the opposite. I respect him because he had the courage to take the plunge. He could easily manage the risk. He makes a great income. He can easily recover from $350. That's the sense of the equivalent of one night in a bed in a decent hotel without cockroaches in Las Vegas. That I assure you. Now, if this was a $100,000 fee, Mike, you would probably turn tail and run because that would just be logical. <laughs> That's true. Unless I did the numbers and were cash flowing massively. Right. And again, it's it, it the whole this whole this whole game is about risk and reward. Agreed, hundred percent. As long as you completely trust the reward and you see that it's worth, and you like I said, you trust it. You don't take numbers from your realtor. You don't take numbers <laughs> from sure. a pro forma. You yeah. actually dig deep and you know the real numbers and you're confident in that. Now you can really think about the scenario: is it worth the money or and my time? Also, that's right. Risk reward is probably the most important thing. And one of the ways I talk myself out of doing dumb things like this and passing up on opportunities, it hasn't always been the case, obviously, because I'd be lying if I didn't say I've passed up on more in my lion's share of, of opportunities over the years because I failed to do the risk and reward, or I just focused on the risk and didn't at all focus on the reward. You, people like you and I, you're, we're about 10 years apart, but we're both old enough and of the same generation, essentially. The way we were raised, we were raised to fear consequences, um, to fear making mistakes. Where we went to the traditional American education system that teaches you mistakes are bad. In your line of work, when you make a mistake, people die, you included. So there is no option for a mistake. There is either perfection or death, and either in college or high school, for that matter, or even grade school. If you get a wrong answer, you will fail the test. That's traumatizing. Even at this stage of my life, it's still not comfortable. Uh, it's not a, a just a simple thing to say, yeah, I'm fine with absolutely blowing it. So I have to re remind myself of that every time. Uh, I have to tell myself, Tyler, do not let the fear of failure or the embarrassment of that keep you from digging a little deeper. And the more I dig into this, here, so here's how I overcome fear. I dig deeper on due diligence. Mike, you know, you and I have done enough due diligence together over the last couple of years. We get, I get forensic. I mean, I, I get all in the weeds. The other day, my friend's house, yes, I am the realtor. And you bet your bippy, I was underneath that house with the home inspector and the boyfriend wearing the coveralls. I want to see everything. They're gigging for two reasons. One, I want to protect my friend, my client. 
But more importantly, I want to be able to communicate what I directly saw, because I believe my own eyes, to the seller when I go in and negotiate for repairs. I think that's important. I don't recommend every realtor listen to this, go climb under their house. But you should at least show up to your home inspections and whatnot. Oh, gosh, please. Guys, when you're out there buying stuff or looking at buying rental properties, you know, be around and be get it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Mike, when you and I were looking at the driveway over on our Division Street property, what did we do? We went down to City Hall, talked to Allie and the other folks down there at Planning and Zoning. They were amazing. I saw Allie last night, by the way. I was at the City Council or at the, the Planning or the whew, Board of Adjustment in Tarpon Springs last night, and Allie was there. So I got to say hello. That's real nice. But um, let's talk about another way which is, this is where you and I shine. I know this because we're both details people when it comes to this, is that reading the fine print. It doesn't mean, guys, that you have to hire an attorney to read your contract for you. What it means is that you need to read that contract completely every word. And where I call Sean Yesner is when I don't understand something. If I understand what it says and I'm not happy with it, I'm not going to call Sean Yesner unless I want a change made to whatever that thing is that Sean can help me draft that will still keep with the intent of the document. I don't try to wordsmith this stuff myself. I'm very good at the English language. I'm, I would consider myself quasi expert level copywriter, but that doesn't mean I have an expertise in law. So I will read it myself, go through it. Mike, I, a lot of times, Mike, how many times have I sent you stuff? Mike, go through this. Tell me if you're seeing what I'm seeing. And a lot of times you have a completely different take on it, which is good. I like that. Uh, lastly, I think, Mike, you nailed it on the head. What is the best way? Uh, what can your, What is the best thing about your focus that will help you avoid these mistakes? Focusing on what? Solving problems. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I love how you took that situation. You're like, well, wow. Most people are not going to be okay with the $350. I'll, I want to see the lease fee. Their spidey senses would be tingling. And I would agree with them. And so would you for that matter. But those people actually walked away. Yeah. And the, the management company, not being very savvy and skilled in marketing and closing, probably haven't realized why they have vacancy in the first place. And this is the reason. Yeah. I want to add this in too. <laughs> so I, I paid the 350 got a copy of the lease. Right. And then I sat down on the back of a plane, not when I'm flying. And I went through line by line of the lease. Well, they advertise the lease as a all utilities, cable, internet, everything is included. Beautiful. And in the lease, it said I'm paying for everything. Like, (laughs) what? So the next day I landed, I pull up the lease. I said, "Um, I thought this was all inclusive. Oh, it's all inclusive. Of course. Yeah. Oh, this is a great deal. I'm like, "Uh, well, page 18 of your lease says that I'm paying for water. Oh, Oh, this is the funny thing. You're paying for water. I'm paying for sewer. I'm How's that work? I don't know how you split that one up. Do <laughs> they weigh it? <laughs> <laughs> Michael, you go to the Mexican restaurant very, very much this month. <laughs> you pay extra. <laughs> you pay extra, you bastard. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like even the owner operators, they don't even, they use the template lease. Right. They, they didn't read. They didn't read. They had no clue what was in there. So I pointed out and they were like, oh, Michael, thank you so much for pointing it out. Is there anything else in the release that is wrong? She was asking me. It's like, oh, my God, should I be charging you? <laughs> so it's it's kind of ridiculous what's out there. But unfortunately, with these big box apartment complexes, 
It's uh, well, they're they're almost like franchised, right? right? So the big franchisee gives them all the legal paperwork and says, "Okay, minions, go go do pass it." Pass this out, right? Don't read, don't worry about it. Just pass it out. Pass Funny story it. when I used to years ago when I first did my subject two contract, uh, I asked Sean if it was okay, and he said it was. That somebody had asked me for a copy, and this is by by the way, guys, why I no longer share uh, contracts, addendas, templates, or anything. I stopped doing it. I will do cheat oh. sheets and all that good stuff, but I will not give out or even sell the paperwork that I've paid my hard-earned money to have Yesner Law create. I just won't do it because someone, I got a nasty gram from somebody's ambulance chaser attorney threatening to sue me for damages because they submitted an offer with my LLC's name in it. Oh. When, they, when they copied the language, they didn't, they didn't change the buyer name away from Chef Investments. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was written by an attorney. I think it was some idiot pretending to be an attorney because I can't imagine there's an attorney out there that slimy that would actually take the time to waste their time sending me a letter. Unless, of course, their knucklehead client prepaid. <laughs> if that attorney is listening and you collected a couple grand to write that letter, more power to you, brother. <laughs> wow. But yeah, they were like, they felt they were wronged because I gave them a template and did not remove my own company name from it. <laughs> I didn't even charge them for it. I'm like, here you go, whatever you can, you can use it. Or, but what I, I gave it under the premise that they would take it to their attorney and have it changed. Nobody ever does that. That's why I stopped doing it. So now when they say, how do I get one of those? Here's how you get one. You go to yesnerlaw.com. You click contact us. You send them an email through his website. And you say, Hey, I want one of these forms. And I bet you one of Sean's staff will reach out to you Take your visa card and be happy to email one to you. <laughs> on that on that same respect, uh, I was reading a, a newsletter, a real estate newsletter, a few weeks ago, and it really shined. It brought out the statistics that ninety percent of real estate investors fail, and the reason why they fail is not what I thought. You know, maybe you would think it would be the mortgage interest rates or anything. It's because they treat it as a hobby. That's true where the 10% who succeed treat it as a business. And any business out there, and I think this is the big, what it differentiates, businesses have consultants. Yes. Businesses have other members within the business to bounce ideas off each other. You know, you and I bounce ideas off all the time. So anybody listening, if you're interested in not having it just as a hobby, get serious, make it a business, you know, you don't have to pay expensive team members. I mean, you can go on cashflowguys.com slash deal review, put in the deal you're currently working on. Hell, just you can write us an email, info at cashflowguys.com. Or if you're on YouTube, just put a comment down below. You have any questions out there? You can bounce ideas off of us too. So That's right. it's easy to get away from the hobby. Just include your friends, family, professionals like like Tyler and myself, and there's a lot of other people out there too that are willing to help each other out because this is not a uh, you know sink or swim kind of game. It doesn't need to be anyway. And I, honestly, right. I don't think it should. There are many different ways to skin the cat, and I want. I'm glad you mentioned that about the deal review because I'd forgotten about that. Guys, you go to cashflowguys.com forward slash deal review. When you get there, you're going to put in your email and then it'll, you'll be, have the opportunity to download or it'll send it by email. I don't remember which way it's set up. Uh, that deal review form. Now, a lot of people, they fill out the first five lines of it. They leave the rest blank and then they email it saying, Tyler, Mike, coach me for free. 
don't mind coaching you for free through a deal review, but I do mind you not being taking the time to do me the courtesy of answering the questions that I'm, I guarantee you I'm going to ask you on the phone or Mike's going to ask you. The other purpose of that reform, that form is to make sure that you have asked all the questions that you need to ask. It's a memory jogger. Eight times out of 10, when you get uh, the people that I've talked to that have, uh, that have filled out the form have said to me, dude, that was awesome. Because by the time I asked myself all those questions and got all those answers, I didn't need you anymore. Beautiful. Mm, then I can wow. go back to sitting in the woods, watching the, the sunflowers grow. Uh, that's not why I did it that way, guys. I fill that form out. Mike fills that form out every time we look at an opportunity because it's a memory jogger. It says, what about this? What about that? It also helps you see how can I, how do I make this work? It's not designed to be a deal killer. It's designed to help you diagnose how to solve this real estate related problem. It works. That form came from our friend, Larry Hardbold, a version of it. He had one that uh, he used to have years ago. I took it and I added some new stuff in it. I made it more tailored towards what Mike and I do is a multifamily and senior living. Um, so it's been spritzed up. Mike and I have an internal one that we keep in house that we don't share that has a few more details that I know you guys probably aren't going to ask for, especially if you're new, but they're important things nonetheless. So you go to cashflowguys.com forward slash deal review, and you can download that form. Again, Mike, you mentioned the YouTube channel, more and more content's going out every week. Uh, on a YouTube channel, check over to YouTube. The, probably the fastest way to reply to us or to reach out to us is to drop a comment down on the bottom of the YouTube video. You like what you see? You hate what you see? You think I got a big fat melon on the top of my, my head? Great. Fine. Spit it out. Say something. Um, but if you have legitimate questions, by all means, say something and one of us will respond. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Mike, let's talk about solutions. We talked about what the, you know, blowing an opportunity because we're freaked out or whatever. We talked about ways to avoid it, but let's say we still did it anyway. Now what? Yeah. Well, I think what we just talked about, this is a business. Yes. Get with us, the deal review form. Talk to us about alternative ways to make income. You know, the, the past few podcasts, we, we keep talking about alternative ways for to make a single family house cash flow. And I find it exciting because a lot of these ways are beneficial to the community. They're ideas that perhaps a few years ago would have sounded like too dramatic and too big for, you know, just just a small single family house. But there's a lot of opportunity, especially now, especially with, you know, YouTube, social media. Uh, the fact that ideas of what you could possibly do to make money on anything, really, you can make money on your car. It's so available now that, yeah, okay, you signed the lease or something. Maybe the numbers aren't exactly what you were hoping for. Let's get on the phone, get on the comment section. There are ways to make anything make money. It's pretty incredible. Um, and of course, you know, you hire Sean Yesner or an attorney and they can help you. Uh, what I've learned this is the attorneys will not tell you how to make anything better. They'll tell you how to do it legally. So, for example, if you call Sean Yesner or your local attorney and say, hey, I've got this boneheaded idea. Will this work? That's where they come in. That's oh, very handy. That's right. How do I do this and not break any laws and get myself in trouble? Yeah. Don't expect answers from them like solutions, but just can, can how can I do this legally? Please do the paperwork so I can make it work. That's right. So if the deal guys, and, and this comes up from time to time, I done, I've done this, and this is a very impactful way that I've learned and gotten better. Let's say the deal's already off the table. Seller's gone. They've sold it to somebody else. The deal's gone. 
go back and look at the deal. If you can reach out to whoever was wholesaling it or, or whatever, or if it gets sold and somebody's flipping it, go peek on it, you know, peek at it and see what happened when it, when it gets renovated, see how they did the renovations compare it to what you would have done. I learn from other people's successes and their failures, in my opinion, equally. There've been a lot of deals I've passed up over the years and the other people have bought them. Sometimes they didn't work out so great. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't buy them. But in a lot of cases, they worked out fantastic. Um, and they did something I never even would have thought of, which is great. You know, they, they changed the use. They did this, they did that. There was a little apartment building I was thinking of, I wanted to buy in um, Cedar Key. And there's very few apartment buildings in Cedar Key. Well, back on the podcast, if you go back probably a couple of years ago, uh, we had Lauren on the show. And I saw Lauren actually over the Florida podcaster meeting the other day uh, in Tampa. Lauren went and bought it. I didn't know Lauren at the time. She went and bought it. So ironically, she sends me a thing to come on the podcast. I, she starts talking to me and she's telling, she's telling me what she owns. And she's talking about this deal in Cedar Key. I'm like, oh, I know Cedar Key at the back of my hand. Tell me about it. It's this building. Now, oh, yeah. what, what I didn't think of at the time, I was looking at it as a long-term rental. Hmm. I did not consider it as a short-term because as we know, Mike, uh, Cedar Key is lacking in their vacation game. They don't do a really good job of marketing themselves for vacation. And I knew there was a big need for multifamily long-term housing in Cedar Key. And if I could be the provider, great. I guess it was eight or 10 units. So I passed on it because I couldn't get the numbers to make sense. I didn't even consider. I, I briefly considered for a stroke of a second short-term rental, but I really never dove into it. Fast forward to today, she took the two-bedroom units, broke them up into one-bedroom suites without kitchens. Mm -hmm. One has a kitchen, one doesn't. She picked up, now she has 10 units instead of eight. And she's cash flowing like crazy. Who needs a kitchen there? The food is fantastic. Exactly. Yeah, you got all these restaurants on the strip. Nobody's going to cook there anyway. And if you've ever been in the Cedar Key grocery store, there's nothing to cook. <laughs> that's true. And then what's that What's that clam chowder place I love? Oh, my God. Oh, that's, uh, boy, I can't think of it now. But yes, you're, uh, Tony's. Tony's for clam chowder. Yeah, so you don't need kitchen. So she was smart thinking about that. That's right. <laughs> you guys, ever, if you listen to watching us or listening to us on YouTube, Leave a comment below if you've ever been to Tony's and had the clam chowder. And if you yeah. haven't, and you get to Cedar Key, Florida someday, there is no international airport there. I'll give you a clue. You're going to have to drive. Leave a comment below and tell us what you think. They have the hold the world record for, I guess, the best clam chowder. And, and Tyler, I want to add this too. So as we're talking about different ways to make anything make money, right? Uh, I recently ran into a friend who installed my artificial turf out right. in my house, right? He's a big entrepreneur. And uh, just talking to him, I found out that he just started and opened up the, uh, the Salida, Colorado hostel out of a house he bought downtown. I'm like, huh, nice. that's interesting. I was always curious about the zoning and everything about that. So anyway, if I didn't bring this up to Tyler before, so sorry to surprise you. Uh, if anybody's interested to get my friend John, who started a hostel from a single family house that is now cash flowing a lot. Uh, if you're interested in getting him on the show, just put it in the comments down below on the, on YouTube. And, yes, uh, please. Oh, well, you got to put your comment first. Hey. <laughs> I'm going to go leave a comment and say, yes, please. <laughs> but I want you guys, I really, I want your feedback. This show, we do this show for you, listeners at home. We are out doing different things, learning things as we get, learning different ways of doing things as we go. And our goal here is to share them with you to make you bigger, better investors. And frankly, it makes us better investors at the same time. So obviously it's a little bit self-serving, but for a good cause. 
So guys, if you have comments, you have show ideas, you want to get John, is his name Mike? John, yeah. I want to get John on the show. Uh, by all means, uh, leave a comment on the YouTube video uh, for this episode or any one of our episodes and let us know. And if there's another guest you want to get on the show that you haven't heard of on a podcast before and you thought, wouldn't that be cool? Let us know. Um, I, as you know, I'm not so much big on famous the famous uh, investors out there because it's already overplayed. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I love Damian Lupo. He's a great guy, but he's been on every podcast on the planet. If I got rich dad tomorrow, I can already tell you half of what he'd talk about. He'd say <laughs> you're smart if you agree with him. He would talk about how he bought gold from a lady behind enemy lines and a few <laughs> other things. I mean, it's kind of boring. So I try to bring you, we try to bring you content that is relevant to what you're doing, not celebrity talk, because we're not celebrities, nothing against celebrities. I think it's great. I'm glad for their success, but I don't find there's as much to learn from them as there is to learn from people like us and others that are in the trenches like you. And frankly, if you're listening to this podcast and you've got a great story to tell and you've got things you want to talk about, or maybe you have questions and you're willing to turn it into a podcast interview, reach out to us. Um, that begins by going to the Cashflow Guys website and uh, hit the contact us button, fill out a form and say, I'd love to be on your show. I want to learn more about this. So we can do that. So guys, uh, Mike, thank you so much. That was a great episode. I want to wrap it up right there because we're running a little short on time today. And guys, this all begins by reaching out, right? We, we do this every week. We, and when we say reach out, lots and lots and lots of people over the years, I have talked to, oh my God, tens of thousands of people probably if I sat down and counted them all, but I'm not going to. Um, I've been doing this for free to help folks out. Go to cashflowguys.com. Uh, reach out to us through the website. Get on our calendar. You can talk to either one of us or both of us. We're here to help you. Don't have anything for sale. We're not trying to sell courses or anything like that. I stopped selling the courses altogether. And a matter of fact, those of you that opt into our newsletters and stuff, you're going to see some of the content that used to be in a lot of our paid courses. We're going to be giving that out if you opt in and you, you stay engaged with us um, as well. Mike, uh, we shall probably also tell them about Cashflow Guys community. Oh yeah, the the Facebook the, uh, the Facebook, um, the Facebook page. Yeah, yeah. So we want to get more involved, as you can tell in this podcast, more involved with you guys because that's what matters. Especially now, uh, this things are turning in the market. A lot of people are scared. Right. Uh, a lot of people are trying to cash flow. They're getting worried if they can, if there is a recession or whatnot, how to prepare for it. So I think it's more important than ever. Uh, to get active on the Cashflow Guys uh, Facebook. I'm not a Facebook guy. Cashflow it's not, Guys it's community. It's a page, right? It's a it is. It's a community page. So you go to the, basically, you go to Facebook, guys. You type in Cashflow Guys community or Cashflow Guys in the group section. It'll come up. If you're not already a member, we got about 1,000 people in there. Not a whole lot, but uh, we appreciate everybody that's there. I admittedly have not put any good content in there in a long, long time. I don't really have a good excuse, except I was being lazy and I kind of forgot about it. And I hate Facebook, but <laughs> Facebook is still a valuable place to get information to some degree. So don't discard it. And if you want to take part in that community, as I said, go to Facebook, uh, go to the community section, type in cash flow guys, and it will come right up. And what I like about the community too, it's uh, self-sufficient. What I mean by that, it's not just Tyler answering the questions. It's a thousand people answering the questions. So even right That's now, right. it's it's alive. Even when Tyler's not on, he's in vacation or he's uh, underneath the hood of his F-250. I don't go under the hood underneath that thing. I ain't got <laughs> mechanics for that. But um, I don't think I can get under the hood. It's too high off the ground. But uh, <laughs> you might be able to. 
Uh, Sean Yesner's in there. Our attorney is in there. He's oh, yeah. one of the moderators in the group. Big he posts some yeah. stuff in there from time to time. Uh, lots of former students and people that have been on the show are moderators on the group. Mike, up with me, you moderator on there. So we look forward to seeing you over there. Wrap it right there. We hope you have a great week. We hope you take some action and you do something differently this week than you did last week. That's how you get yourself closer to the goal. We will catch up with you next week. See ya. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.